3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined, as always, this Fine Tuesday by Kyle Dvorczyk and Lawrence Jackson, where we are going to talk Week 14's toughest rankings, uh, give some of our takeaways from yet another strange Monday night football game, one that featured two Tom Brady touchdowns in the final three minutes, one of the most horrific losses you'll ever see from the New Orleans Football Saints, Mark Ingram, maybe to stay in bounds. Uh, Maybe you ever thought about that, Mark Ingram. And this will also briefly start, though, by hitting on the news of the day, the Titans surprise firing of GM John Robinson after six years on the job. I be honest, I had him ranked as a top 10 GM when I did my annual article last spring, but like, then I reread my ranking. And so like, it just felt like the whole time John Robinson should be a good GM. Cause you know, they make an AFC championship game. They get a steal and Ryan Tannehill. They're the number one seed last year. But then rereading my ranking, you know, he like my write-up. He missed on, like, so many of his big decisions. The Julio Jones trade, terrible. Trading A.J. Brown, obviously terrible. Uh, The first round, kind of the one part of the draft board where you really kind of have control over the situation where it's not total dart throws. Since 2016, if you don't count Traylon Burks this season, they have one of John Robinson's first-round picks still on the roster. Uh, Corey Davis is gone. Rashawn Evans is gone. Jeffrey Simmons is still there and dominating. But Isaiah Wilson, a twenty twenty first rounder, and Caleb Farley, a twenty twenty one first rounder, no longer on the roster. Like, that's a big, big problem. Like a big, big problem. Is Caleb Farley still on the roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was just, yeah, he
2: was just there last. Yeah, he got picked. But up they don't play him year. on defense anymore. I know he was like, yeah. The, the, the this point year, was, like, he's bad. Um, yeah. He hasn't played a defensive snap since week five and he's been a little banged up since then, but he's appeared in four games and they just use him on special teams now. Like he can't even play defense anymore. So,
3: yeah. So just kind of like a, a firing that seemed shocking when it came across the wire. I mean, and, you know, it's still shocking, but but a little less shocking.
2: Like, it sounds like your write up. You were afraid of the internet backlash of the, you know, six consecutive winning seasons Uh, you know, multiple playoff appearances. I think they had the good game where they knocked out the Ravens too, right? Clearly things Mm -hmm. had been working in terms of the results and fearing the internet backlash of ranking this guy has X wins, his win percentage X, as like the 23rd best GM or whatever you ranked him as a top 10 GM and then you wrote up the truth in that (laughs) a lot of what has gone on looks to be lucking into Ryan Tannehill I mean you sure give him whatever amount of credit you want but like he was backup quarterback you can't give him that much credit for doing that and then having a really good offensive minded coach and you wrote him up as such even though the ranking Maybe gave him a little bit of credit for the, the QB well, wins column.
3: Yeah, and it there's was, was also this fear of like, you know, I'm not a football guy. Maybe not yeah, understanding fair, see, everything that has gone mm-hmm. into this 53-man roster. But like the kind of stuff I can understand, like the superficial big decisions, like, wow, those have all been bad. Yeah. Except for my hiring Mike Vrabel. And it seems like the Titans have decided this is a Vrabel operation, not a John
1: Robinson operation. Any thoughts, Lawrence? I mean, yeah. You traded away AJ Brown, who, let's remember, was not actually a first round pick. However, that's it's fair to say that's been his best pick. Cause he wasn't there, mm-hmm. I don't believe, when they drafted Derrick Henry. Um, so yeah, you you get now I, I got a question. Do y'all feel like they're seven and five right now? Um we just now starting to see Traylon Burks do a little something. You think they have a better game, a better record by a game or two, if they still have AJ Brown? Because hmm. if, if you can make yourself feel like that, then that's the start of the bad things.
3: Yeah, that, I mean they definitely do. Like they, they probably better. have at least one more win. I mean, it's yeah. so hard to give a win. Yeah that win that that's
1: that's but, yeah that's hard. But I think that seeing AJ Brown just destroy them that that was his first breakout game in weeks. Like, it, it's been weeks since he had that three-touchdown game. He just emptied the clip on the Titans, and they was probably just like, you know what, man? <laughs> we, you, we good. We you good. You look for,
3: like, a specific game. I think we all remember the Sunday night football game against the Chiefs where they couldn't gain a single yard in the cool. second half. Maybe A.J. Brown would have been a service there. Just a thought. Just a thought. Kyle, did you – I couldn't tell. I don't think you had another thought on it, did you?
2: No, I'm guessing like obviously, like I said, he was on his way clearly to a seventh winning season and another playoff berth. But it sounds like one, they're giving a lot of credit. And I kind of lean this way too to Mike Rabel in the the success over most of that stretch. I don't think Rabel was there his like first or second year, but most not. of that stretch and the most successful parts of that stretch clearly are getting credited to Mike Rabel. And we had Aaron Wilson, a national reporter used to be a Texans guy, maybe still is. I don't know, said that uh, Mike Rabels expected to have significant power in the Titan decision-making going forward, given his success in his player valuations. Like you understand on so many levels, why the front office has finally decided to side with Rabel. So it sounds like there's some politicking involved, but maybe like somewhat rightfully so. politics.
3: Yeah, definitely a power struggle was going down. Um, but we say all this on Tuesday. I mean, Hopefully, like nothing in like the next twenty-four hours comes out that this was like off the field related. But it does not appear that it was off the field mm-hmm. related. Um, just appears it was some some guys' power struggling and someone losing and someone winning. Has happened so often in this NFL, uh, as so happens so often in this NFL, is Tom Brady steals your soul, and it seemed like he was out of soul stealings until Monday night when the Saints just crumbled under the bright Brady lights, uh, just a horrific end of that game for New Orleans. Hard to overstate that as bad as the Mark Ingram mistake was, uh, it was far from the only mistake. And maybe yeah. just like, don't play prevent defense against Tom Brady, especially like when his protection, protections crumbling and you Lawrence. You look like you've got some thoughts. Well, ah, um, uh,
1: was it the Rams. They did this to a team a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't the Browns cause the Browns beat them. Who did they beat? Who the Bucks? Yes, the same sin- Oh, it was the Rams. The Rams oh, yeah, had a yeah, yeah, yeah. to rights in Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, same situation. You got them deep in their own territory. I just saw Lamar Jackson news that ain't good.
2: Uh-oh. Oh
0: no, <laughs> uh,
1: Spraying PCL. You know, so um, we'll yeah, we saw we, we saw Tom Brady. You do pretty much the same thing in the Rams. Played the same type of defense. They let off. Woop-dee-woop-dee-woo. Couple passes downfield. They don't even play, you know, they don't even try to keep them in bounds. Forget that. They had no timeouts. Field goal win Same difference here. Mark Ingram made the mistake. But weeks from now, years from now, if the Buccaneers go on to win the Super Bowl this year, no one's going to remember that. It's just going to be another Tom Brady comeback.
3: God, whatever deity it is out there, favors Tom Brady. It's this clear. <laughs> Mother nature favors Tom Brady. And yeah, Lamar Jackson, by the way, per Kyle sharing the tweet from Adam Schefter, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson suffered a sprained PCL during Sunday's win over the Broncos. PCL injuries off sideline players one to three weeks. And Ravens head coach John Harbaugh has already said he's less likely to play Sunday versus Steelers. This does play into Harbaugh's initial timeline where he said he was out days to weeks. Harbaugh yeah. says a lot of things about injuries though. He's one of he those. He doesn't. Coaches.
2: He's been he's been getting lit up
1: on that this year. Ho- like, oh. Hopefully, man. Hopefully it don't end up like last year, because we thought it was week to week last year. I was gonna say the same thing with the ankle at and, the end and, of the year. And, and, and the losses just kept pile because they were exact in the exact same point, eight and four.
3: I know. I was eight. gonna say Lawrence, yeah, like uh <laughs> it, was, it was literally the same record, I
1: think. Eight and four. and, and like Tyler Huntley played well, he always does. He's but they didn't win no games. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, he could come back sooner rather than later. Cause th- as bad as they've been on offense,
2: this should still be a playoff team. Yeah. I would say like the one good, good thing about the way they've been playing recently is that it seems a bit insulated to Lamar Jackson being hurt. Cause Jackson hasn't been carrying the team like he was early in the year. Right. Their past defense is getting things figured out a little bit more. So they're not as easily. To, I mean, they're, getting much better than they were to start the year and more importantly than they were last year so they have paths to winning that it didn't look like they had last year but still like you said i I mean this is still a a tough spot to be in back-to-back years
3: well it's tough for tyler huntley too because he really is a good backup quarterback where he could have like a teddy bridgewater type run with the saints a few years ago where he stabilized things where drew when drew Brees was out but he's just not set up for success at all because once again they have chaos yeah. in the run game personnel yeah. they have no receivers whatsoever he's a very good dual threat but he's not a Lamar Jackson level dual threat where yeah. that can decide a game and I'm it's going to make Tyler Huntley look worse than he probably is because mm-hmm. there's, there's no one for him to funnel the ball to
1: they they just had to simply win the games you know like yeah. they, 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 they they had no business being that close to Denver but they found a way to just get through the game you know so Man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. They got Atlanta on the schedule coming up soon. So oh, that's, that's good. All, that's good. That's always that's always mm-hmm. good. And
3: the Broncos every week make it look like they have Tom Brady on the other side of the field in the final four <laughs> minutes of the game. <laughs> just uh,
1: them Broncos, yeah, man.
3: Three and nine. So we'll stick with Monday Night Football for a minute, though. So we talk about the miracle comeback for Tom Brady. Uh, we'll just start with the Saints. I was going to start with the Bucks, but for the Saints, I'll lead with like the bad news. Like, can we even call Alvin Kamara an RB two still? He's the RB 34 by average points over the past five weeks in PPR leagues. This like The volume isn't there. The touchdowns, again, aren't there. He has only three touchdowns all year. Like, the production is just definitely not there. I mean, the volume hasn't been horrible. He's getting like 12 to 15 touches most weeks, which is in line with his career norms. But it's like the offense just too bad. Like the offensive environment just too bad. So this week, Alvin Kamara, if he were playing – would still be in the top 24 easily because there's six teams on by. But one of those teams is the Saints. All 32 teams are active for week 15. Just off the top of your head, will you still have Alvin Kamara in the top 24?
2: I think I will. And I I think I'll end up being wrong because, man, this Saints (laughs) offense is bad. And he's not getting peppered with targets anymore. The thing that, like, terrible Saints offense, great Saints offense didn't matter is you were locking yourself in to, like, five to six catches every week with Alvin Kamara at some point in his career where the past five weeks, he's averaging something like, I think it's like 3.4 catches for just under 30 yards. That's yep. like, that's like enough to make your really like really middling running back a top 24 guy, but frankly, Kamara hasn't been a middling running back on the ground. He, he's been just a downright disaster. I don't really think it's his fault. Like you said, like they're not in position to score points. They're not in positions to salt away leads. So of course he's not going to have good rushing stats, but then he isn't salvaging them with really good receiving lines either. So like, I think the sucker in me is like, he's still Alvin Kamara. He is still used in the receiving game, just hasn't been elite in it, but we know he can do that. So, like, I'll probably rank him as a top 24 back, and then I'll get, like, 11 PPR points, and I'll just be upset. <laughs> then I'll do it again. <laughs> keep,
1: keep on doing it. Well, I think you already answered your question, Pat, when you were saying where he was ranked the past whatever weeks. That was RB34. Um, but, uh, it, like Kyle, man, uh, the the namesake here, and you know the talent. This, his What he's been doing th- – or the lack of production rather is really to no fault of his own. It's not like he became a bad football player. The offense just is not good. And we could always depend on, we could always depend on that work in the receiving game. And that's like, he's getting the minimum there. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's ugly. And it's been ugly as far as playing him in your RB two slot. Most of most people probably don't have a better option. They probably don't. But you would have to still probably put him in the flex. The fantasy playoff schedule is good, but I don't know if it even matters anymore. I don't know if that sometimes that just don't like if he was oh doing okay
2: with numbers, he ain't doing okay. It stinks. So Yeah, yeah, the playoff schedule is great, but I totally agree that like We saw, like, Damian Pierce, I don't think he scored again. He had his best game by yardage versus the Browns. Yes. But that doesn't matter if your team has zero chance of scoring a touchdown. Of course, great that you get to run for five yards a carry. You're not sniffing the end zone. like, And that's probably going to be the issue when, uh, ironically, the the Saints get the Browns and the Falcons. Two terrible run defenses coming out of the bye. But there's only so much he's going to be able to do. Like, you know, five yards a carry is great. If you're losing 30-7, to seven, you're not going to get that many carries and you're not getting in the paint. So, like... I agree, Lawrence. That I agree with both your parts. Playoff schedule is good. It matters a lot more who's on your team than it does on the other side of the ball. Even in the fantasy championship,
3: they get the Eagles, who are a lot worse on the ground. Than through yeah. Not that they're bad on the ground. And the problem there is they're so good through the air, I think they'll probably just render Andy Dalton non-functional.
2: And I, I think the hope is that the Eagles are resting players by then, because that's yeah, the that's only way Kamara's getting there.
3: Well, so that'd, Kamar- be,
1: that'd be interesting.
3: We know that yards per carry is a, a context team-dependent stat. He's been under 3.5 yards per carry or worse in each of his past six
2: games. That's a long yeah. stretch of not good games. It is. And it's weird. because early in the season, he
3: was catching a lot more. Pass. Beginning in week four, he had a four-game stretch where he caught six passes every week. And it seems like really it's kind of like this offensive environment has collapsed. The week they shut out the Raiders – He had 18 carries and a touchdown on the ground. He had nine receptions, two touchdowns through the air. All three of his touchdowns on the season came in this one game against the Raiders. And then since then, he's gone as the Saints' offense has gone, which is down, down, down. Yeah. Um, Then on the other side, a lot of stuff going on in both the Bucs' receiver core and the backfield. let's stick in the backfield for a minute since we were talking about Alvin Kamara. Rashad White cleared 100 yards from scrimmage in each of the two games for the Bucs' week 12 bye he played to a week 13 touch standstill by Leonard Fournette. I think Fournette actually I touched him 16 to 15. Four, uh, uh, Rashad White did get the touchdown, the game winning touchdown, but a really messy situation. How in the world do we, do we decide who gets the rankings advantage going forward?
2: That one is tough. Dude, no, just take the better player. Open your Mountain Dew, boys. <laughs> boys, drink a little bit of Mountain <laughs> Dew. Look, 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 they started that game.
1: Yeah, Rashad White got the start, but not soon after. Tom Brady was checking him down to Lenny I, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here. I got, I'm, I got my eyes peeled on this game. Cause I, I'm going against Lenny. I'm like, don't get, <laughs> don't get 12 points. And this dude get like three receptions on the first drive. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe Lenny is back. And this is a, you know, 50, 50 committee and by the touches. That's exactly what it is. But um I'm going to give the rankings advantage slightly to Rashad White it's just it's just at that point now um both both of these guys are flex plays right now they definitely need the bucks offense can't afford to not be using either one of them to be honest i already have Rashad White ranked a couple spots higher the question for me is like i don't know if i could put one of them in the top 24 because i know one of them likely will and it's the one who scores the touchdown. That could have been very easily Leonard Fournette. He got to carry that. He got stopped at like the three or four yard line. So that part we never really know. But uh, just based on recent play, I got
2: to give it to Rashad White. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do think it'll be a 50-50 committee, which is frustrating. Cause I, I think it's kind of becoming clear. I think it's been clear, frankly, who's the more talented, more explosive back of the two. And that's why I'm giving Rashad White a rankings advantage. But it's not going to be massive, right? It's still a weak offensive line. Frankly, it's still a weak offense. Yeah, they get the win, but the offense did not look good. QB so dubs
3: all the matter, Kyle.
2: They'll make the playoffs. They could probably even lose a few more given the state of the NFC South. But, uh, you know, I, as much as I, you know, think Rashad White is talented. We just came out of the Alvin Kamara conversation saying there's only so much a player can do with their offense. This is not a Saints level offense, but it's also not Bucks 2021 level offense either. So I'll give a small edge to Rashad White. I think he'll get, I think he'll get almost exactly as many touches as Fournette. I think he'll do a little more with that. But do I, do I think there's a massive gap no, and I love Rashad White, but if they're going to get the same amount of touches, I can only do so much with that.
3: Sounds like, I'm going to take Kyle's if I, I'm just going to drink a Baja Blast. dude, and oh, put Rashad sorry. White ahead. I've never
2: had a Baja Blast, by the way. Uh, you should try it. Your teeth <laughs> will fall out seconds after your first <laughs> sip. But.
3: By the way, Lawrence, you said that neither can be ranked in the top 24, probably. That, I, I think it is true. Next week, when all thirty, Yeah, about, yeah like,
1: the buys is...
3: This week, they're probably both in the top 24. That's how bad running back is this week. It's... Like, crazy 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 week at running back which we're almost going to get to in one second but just real quick wanted to touch on chris godwin who he's been the wide receiver seven by average ppr points over the past three weeks that's only in two games because they had their bye. but he's the wide receiver 12 over the past five weeks that's only four games are we comfortable saying he's a wide receiver one again as he's he's clearly moved past mike evans in both the real life target specking order and in fantasy
1: He's been the wide receiver one for my fantasy teams with all them targets he's getting. He's like the perfect PPR player. Um, I, I think I have him still right outside of my uh, top 12. It's just even even on the bye, too many good players there. You got just off the top, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb there. Those guys are all playing this week. So, probably just right outside because of the ineffectiveness of the offense. Yeah, he get a lot of these targets, but it's not like he Tyreek Hill going nine for 150. He's going nine for 50, you know, (laughs) which is cool, which is cool because that'll get you 14 points. But, um, you know, you, you want a little bit more when you're getting 13 targets.
3: Be kicking it up a little bit of a notch.
1: Uh, last last week he had a, a very good game where he went over 100 yards, but like, we, I, I ain't yeah, gonna I put him over 7.9
3: like, yards per catch last night,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, those are running back per you know yards carry stats, That's right? True. There.
3: He, he did seem like maybe he got like ever so slightly banged up last night. He didn't come out of the game. I thought it was interesting. Joe Buck said that Tom Brady said like we're finally seeing like the real Chris Godwin or whatever again. Um, it's a really interesting uh, right now. here. I have Chris Godwin currently is the wide receiver nine. I might have to change this because it's Godwin. Then it's Jalen Waddle and his leg injury. Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen and the potential shootout with the Dolphins. DK Metcalf, T Higgins. It's kind of a really interesting part of the receiver board this week. Yeah. You got to
2: boost that Garrett Wilson ranking, buddy. I Get know. those numbers up.
3: You don't want to uh, point Chasey. It's the Bills, but I know he's a dominator. and he's
1: A, he's, a couple of guys I got ahead of him are uh, Amari Cooper, right ahead of him. I, I expect him to play a little better this week.
2: Can't play uh, worse.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Debo, I feel like Debo's going to have to shoulder more of the load now. Him and Christian McCaffrey, and we saw that versus Miami. DK Metcalf coming off a big game, and he's got Carolina. You got DeAndre Hopkins. He's just he hasn't played a bad game yet since he's been back. He's the one who rounds up my top twelve. But then you got Keenan Allen, and like you said, the sh- the potential shootout. That's why I still have Keenan Allen and Jalen Waddle at the end of my wide receiver one rankings. I'm still putting T Higgins there too at the end, but that's the one. I don't know if I should have him that high. He did score last week, but it wasn't on a lot of volume in production. So,
3: receiver's a really weird one this week. We're going to get to that in a minute, but we'll start at running back and we'll start with you, Kyle. Who are you having trouble ranking at running back in week 14?
2: Who did I have trouble ranking? You kicked me off the Andre Swift because you had that base covered pretty well. We, did, we covered it oh on Monday. With, this is a good one. I, 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 I looked it up. I used the internet to find out the thing I've already said and thought. Uh, It's the Pollard-Zeke debate, except we really are seeing the 50-50 committee, and I mean, yes, since Zeke returned from his injury, Zeke still has a slight advantage in rushing expected points. They still give him touches at the goal line. I think he has four rushing touchdowns since returning. But it is pretty much a 50-50 committee on the ground in terms of the expected points. It's a pretty narrow gap in terms of expected points. And through the air, Pollard not only is like doubling up Zeke in terms of doubling, maybe tripling him up in terms of expected fantasy points, (laughs) but you watch him play and you're like, he's going to exceed his expected points. Like, the, you know, expected points are a good baseline, but good players can do some things, you know, even the running back position maybe be less so, but good players can do some things to exceed that expected point total. And Pollard is absolutely one of those players. So I like, I think actually this offense, the way it's running right now is probably best fit for both Zeke and maybe Pollard. Like, I, I think there's like a, a reasonable argument to be made that he's not a 30 touch a game guy. I would kind of still like to see them try. That ain't even a question. (laughs) I would like to see them try, but uh, you know, that's just nerd me saying, let's see how far we can push this. I do think if you're getting 12 to 15 carries a week from Pollard and five, six targets as they bludgeon their opponents, which I know they have another stretch of kind of easy games coming up until I think they close with the Eagles, something like that. So they're going to be massive favorites every week. Their defense is going to give them the ball with great field possession constantly. It's, perfect for both of them i'm six teams on by could i rank both these guys as top 24 backs like i know i have pollard there i am gonna have Pollard like top <laughs> no, team. both top
3: 12 top year. i'm about top to action. say i got yeah. both
2: of them i got pollard at eight and
1: zeke at 13 i got zeke at 10 man it's the houston texans 10. dude it's the houston oh,
3: it's the Texas. Texans. They're 17 point favorites oh Yo, man oh, I, yeah, I
2: saw that spread I Listen. knew they had a good game this week. I was sure it was, like, Giants or Commanders. I didn't realize no, it was no. yeah, they, they, It's yep. going to
3: be... I was to say, thankfully, it's, like, not much of a debate this week. They're both... I really do think they're going to both be RB1s. How yeah, like I guess really, really
2: the interesting thing is, like, how high can you rank two running backs splitting the work? How... Literally. Yes. What yeah. is the max? What is well, the highest... Well, they got to score design? 55 points again. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how shocked would you be,
1: without even knowing what Pollard does, how shocked would you be... If Ezekiel Elliott had, say, twenty-seven carries for like hundred and twelve yards and two touchdowns, I don't think you would be shocked. That's a very Zeke versus the
2: Texans line. Oh yeah, one hundred carries, not terribly inefficient, but you know, probably right. It's like it's like run. right I mean, there. It toes <laughs> the line very well. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, I yeah, oh, I just the Texans, man. Like this is gonna be. I don't think I've ever. I've been doing our rankings since twenty thirteen. I don't think I've ever had two running backs from the same team in the top 12 in the same week. But I'm
2: trying to think. I'm, there, there's probably never been. This is the week. This would be the week. This hey, is man, Reggie the Bush
1: and Bell. bill <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if I went back,
3: I could find a few. There's been some pretty good two-man backfields, but, yeah, I can't remember a time having two dudes from the same team. Damian Harris and, like, Reminder Stevenson were, like, They weren't pushing for top 12 last year. They were both like top 20 a bunch, but like top 12, I I just don't ever remember that happening.
2: How high are we ranking Malik Davis? Because he's getting five to eight carries. That's a good point. He needs to be at the back end of the rankings, as we saw in week 13. He is a good like you you know you'll text me on like you know Thursday or Friday like hey I'm trying to like make sure I have like everyone encompass rankings like I'm at 67 right now but I usually try and push for 70 or something
3: yeah well, I point. want I want like the DFS sicko plays that I might not even be thinking of at the back end
2: and uh, he's a good one he's a good like I don't know man I mean I have some truly decra- I mean they're probably not making the yeah, usually just
3: giving me like crazy tight ends like uh, yeah yeah I don't, even, I don't even know who this guy is on the Eagles Kyle like, I I'm text putting-
2: you rank Chigaquanu as the tight end 27. Twice a day, isn't it? <laughs> I've got him higher than that, by the way. I think, <laughs> I've, got, I think I've
3: got him in the top 24.
2: He's awesome. tight end. We're not even going to talk
3: about tight end today. That's how bad tight end is. It's oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So or- I, I think I'm going to settle. I'll settle on like Pollard. I had someone, one of you said RB8 or nine or something like we that. We both that. have him as RB8 right now. Oh, I'm in for that. I still don't I, think I'll have I am RB1s. shocked that
1: Patrick Doherty has Zeke ranked higher than I do. I know.
3: <laughs> no, it's end
1: times, man. Ain't really that so? It really is. The All it took was six teams on a bye in week 14.
3: Well, yeah. So here what we'll do. We might as well do the game real quick for Kyle. Since we both have Zeke Faith, Lawrence and I. A Zeke against the Houston Texans. Keep in mind, it's the Houston Texans. Or
2: Thank you for reminding me.
3: Travis Etienne against the Tennessee Titans. I think you're, I mean, this one's debatable. I'm going Etienne. Uh, Joe Mixon, if he returns against the
2: Browns. Mixon. James Conner against the New England Patriots. I think I'm gonna go James Conner. He was playing like 90% snaps. He played every like single snap, got all the work, but we're we're in the right range, I think. Keep going.
3: Maybe I need to get Zeke out of the top 10, Lawrence. Maybe. I have
2: <laughs> Travis Etienne ranked at 14
1: and Zeke at 13, so I'd have took Zeke there. I have not seen any team that's beaten the Titans do it while running the football.
2: Yeah. We it's just, true.
1: We just saw how many. Jalen Hurts didn't even run the ball this game. No. He just put on a clinic in the passing game. Miles Sanders had 20-something rushing yards after going off the week before. And, again, we saw how the Bengals and the Chiefs uh, had to be. So, if none of them teams could do it, I don't. But but then I still – I can't just rank ETN too low. But I had to – because of the matchup, I had to put them a little bit outside of my RB one because but he'll stick at the volume.
3: Yeah, you can't put him too low because he has weak winning upside anytime he takes the field. But Zeke or DeAndre Swift?
2: Oh, Swift. Zeke. Whoa, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa
0: Swift! Man. I can't they, believe
1: I've I've finally been. Uh, they, they're about to beat the Vikings, man. They about to beat the Vikings. Swift uh, is back.
2: That's what Roto up. Pat said, and I'm with it. Swift is back. He's all the way back. Bro. I'm. I just like. I, I need a I'm gonna need for the rankings purposes. I think you should be starting Swift, but for the rankings purposes, like I need a little more than one game after an entire oh, season. One though. game,
1: I don't need only one. I, uh, I just it's scary. All me. I needed to see was them 18 touches, you know, them hundred over little over a hundred total yards and the, and the Vikings. Gimme that.
2: All right, I'm ba- in. I'm in. I'm I'm flipping the rank. I'll flip <laughs> well,
3: the rank. He's basically been healthy two games this season, week one and then yeah. week thirteen. And both those weeks, yeah, he had 18 touches and over 100 yards. From All
2: right, I'm in. No, you know what? You guys checked me on it, and you're right. I think it's the, it's Zeke the back first another time. That
1: last, uh, week 13 was the first time Swift had more carries in a game than Jamal Williams since week one. It was, yeah.
3: I think we found the line here, by the way. Uh, we're probably ranking Ezekiel Elliott against the Houston Texans ahead of Najee Harris against the
2: Ravens, correct? You found a good oh, yeah, one. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Najee's got to be high this week, man. I'm just wait till you see this. It's it's, it's bad, <laughs> Lawrence. Who are you having trouble ranking at running back?
1: My boy Cam Akers, man. I, I can't, I
3: can't, I can't see why
1: uh, things <laughs> have been so coherent in the Rams. No, he, he he was only running back eight last week in fantasy. I wish people on Twitter would start giving me my flowers for that. It's been a long <laughs> season, and it took, And I said he would be a top ten running back.
2: And you did. Then, you didn't say it. Which week?
1: Here, and here you go right here. Week 13, where, you know, still wasn't efficient on the ground. 17 for 60. Got no targets. When he, you know, <laughs> fell in. <laughs> uh, maybe, no, he got one target, I think. He got one target, didn't catch it. No, he oh, caught one ball.
3: Let's be fair he, to the man. Did he catch the whoop? He, he caught, caught one, one ball. I think it was for zero yards. Yes, <laughs>
1: that's okay, that's what <laughs> No yard, all right. That's a point yard. in PPR. But the two, t- So, now... The only reason I say it's interesting, uh, is because they playing the Raiders, and the Raiders been winning games, but we, we wouldn't mistake in the Raiders for some stout defense or having some stout front seven. Now, despite the fact that he's, uh, you know, pummeled Kyron Williams into oblivion on the bench, I, I don't. He he he's solid. You know what I'm saying. He should probably get more touches. I don't know. I'm happy he ain't. I was forced to start Cam <laughs> Akers this week, so I'm happy. But uh, despite that, even if he has this same role, I still have him way down at 29, which is the highest I done had him in a while. But like I said, going against, you know, the Raiders, could they could the, the for some reason the Rams play calling was great. In, in week 13 if they could they had two two at well running all over the place um if if they could find themselves near the goal line again that'll be all cam Akers and that'll boost his points just like it did this week so he could be running back 38 or he could be running back 18 or something
3: i think you made it, i think with the rams play calling this might be like too much of a galaxy brain type point but i i thought the play calling was better in week 13 too. And it was almost just because like with all the players hurt, like any of like their name brand players hurt, like it just came down solely to scheme and to the literal plays. And like Sean McVay was going deep into his bag of tricks. Like, Denny and I got about to, like, seven touches for Brandon Powell, six for Tutu Atwell, where he was basically just, like calling like the literal best plays he had in his playbook, I think. Should have tried that earlier. I know he really should
1: have should have been uh, using those players earlier. Yeah, I know. Uh, should have been doing something other than
3: feeding Ben Skrounick Like when the season was yeah, still right, you get Cooper Cup,
1: Tutu Atwell, Brandon Powell. There you go. <laughs> there
3: you go. And my, I have Cam Akers as RB 23, kind of the ultimate six teams on buy rank. I oh, have as yeah. the RB 23. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure I'm ranking the non-cash pass catching running back on. It the- is the Raiders.
3: It is the Raiders.
2: Yeah, I mean it is the Rams though. They're at least at a minimum the worst non-Texans, non-Broncos offense in the NFL. It's <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> dire. And so
3: we'll do the Cam Akers against the the Raiders
2: or Latavius Murray against the Chiefs. Oh, the the Broncos are the worst offense in the NFL. What we're dealing and that with. includes the Broncos. Oh my God,
1: Cam Akers fine. Uh. I actually got a. Uh... Latavius Murray ranked a couple spots higher, but that, that'll probably change. I, I will go Cam.
3: Cam Akers or James Cook against the Jets, who we don't even oh. know if he'll actually lead the backfield, though. The oh, thing. James Cook.
2: Cook, baby. Get that Mountain Dew back yeah, in your yeah.
3: hands, what, what are some of the other non-Baja Blast flavors? Code uh, Red. Well, code, uh, red is, code Red is a canonical <laughs> flavor. I meant like a new flavor.
2: Um, oh, um, uh, isn't there one called like Pitch Black? Yeah, There is actually Maybe there's like orange face melter. There's all the like halo ones. They're just like master chief red and master chief blue. Like every time a new there's call of duty ones too. No, like- that's weird. Menthol Mountain Dew. I've never had
3: that one. Um, that's, a, that's a really weird flavor. Uh, Zonovan Knight against the bills or Zonovan. I just, Zonovan. It's, just weird. it's another one of situations where I don't feel like we quite, quite know what's going to happen in the jets backfield. Didn't he got me concerned on Monday's podcast about the Jets? We're gonna talk about Corey Davis later. He got me concerned about the Jets uh week thirteen numbers because they ran 85 plays. It's like everyone's numbers are like, real inflated.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. lot lot when you have a high uh volume passing day like that, you'll see more incompletions, that more time on the clock. So you got more time to, you know, do that. 31 to 57. They might be in that same boat. This week, who knows? Uh, it's I, true. what are it's true. they? How what are they? Nine point favorites is it that big or am I
2: tripping?
3: It's big, but no respect. Uh, after you know, they quote beat the bills, they
1: already beat
2: them it's with true. Zach
1: Wilson.
3: You know, with Zach, seriously, they're playing
2: both hands tied behind their back and still beat
3: them. They're nine and a half point underdogs right now, Lawrence. Uh, mm. pretty, pretty disrespectful. Crazy. It is disrespectful. We'll wrap up real quick at running back. where – Jeff Wilson with Raheem Mostert. I think maybe this was health related for Jeff Wilson, but he got out carried seven to one by Raheem Mostert in Week fourteen. Maybe it's game flow related. Uh, the Dolphins were trailing most of that game against the Forty Nine ers. But can we safely rank Jeff Wilson ahead of Raheem Mostert again this week and like kind of treat Week Week thirteen like a blip that didn't happen? Or is this back to we don't know mode? This is a Shanny disciple, and it's really hard to discern his intentions.
2: I mean, did you see anything that suggested it was health-related? I watched this game, and there was nothing. There was no Well, report. it's because he came
3: out of the game yeah. in week 12, I guess, was more I was thinking. Uh, he and maybe, went back
2: into that game, too. He I came know. out and went right back – well, not right, but
1: eventually
3: went back in. I, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Well, man. No.
2: I, th-
1: I think it was – they was always behind. Yeah. I mean, Wilson, he was playing reps. He – just wasn't good that day. Like Raheem Mostert has some decent runs whenever they decided to run the ball. I would go back to Wilson this week. I even got him inside my top 20 because you're going against the Chargers who can't run against them. And if he's the hot hand versus the Chargers run defense, then I expect him to be the guy. It would take me, you know, seeing more of an even split for me to be like, all right, maybe now I don't know how I should rank them going forward. It would have it would take this game for me to see that, but I would feel decent about it because everybody else ran against the Chargers too.
3: I do have Jeff Wilson ranked ahead of Raheem Mostert, and I think if you're someone who really reads rankings from multiple sources, multiple sites, you're going to see like a wide range of outcomes
2: with Jeff. Yeah, and why Wilson's are you checking rank. out other sites? What are you doing?
3: I know. Yeah, it's bad, actually. You're fired from listening to us. Now, please stay. Please keep listening. Um, Please keep
0: listening when we return right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your
1: magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play?
2: Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true
1: magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
2: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football on the PGA Tour and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Dolphins and Chargers and our Sunday night seven contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players in your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Wide receiver. We almost accidentally started talking wide receiver earlier because we just we got a lot of takes this week. It's also, it's also just a crazy week with six teams on bye, uh, a lot a lot of interesting
2: situations. Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking a wide receiver in week fourteen? If you'd like me to be honest, at one point I did forget again, but your ad read luckily saved me. It's Nico Collins. I, it, this all kind of depends on the status of Brandon Cooks, but the thing is, like, I don't think it's going to take much to keep Cooks out. He obviously doesn't want to be on the Texans, no. so. I don't see him really gritting through a ton of injuries anymore. What, what was his
3: supposed injury? I
2: don't know, like hamstring or something. It's still like his wrist that I, wrist. Thought, I thought they changed it to like hamstring. <laughs> Just like yeah, out, out
3: of out. breath. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. What could be the funniest injury designation? Uh, I don't know. I can't think. Your Your wrist was pretty funny. He's Ear infection would a be reason. a good one actually. That would be really good. Oh, man. But Nika yeah. Collins, I mean, yeah. So 10 targets in week 13, uh, zero production whatsoever, but the targets trending time up were-
2: got that garbage time, tutter. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't find much more. I mean, I guess they only lost by 13, but it was towards the end of the game in which their offense had literally given up more points. Offense, has, uh, you know, defense special teams, technically, but had given up more points than they had put on the board by a considerable margin and uh, 10 targets is great pro football focus. uh, I think they counted an 11th target in there as well. Deemed him as seeing 36% of his targets as catchable of 36%, not a great number for catchable targets. He had a lot of air yards back in those targets. They were trying to move down the field with him. But frankly, when your quarterback is Kyle Allen, I'm not sure how useful that even is the whole point of like the air yards is that like, well, the, they should be catchable in some sense, or maybe we just don't count them. The, these air yards are—they're are, the prairiest of prayer yards. So it is good to be your team's number one receiver. I don't think I will doubt that. But man, he is going to be the only—assuming Brandon Cooks is out—he's going to be the only player on this team worth covering. He's got terrible quarterback play, and as we talked about with uh, earlier with the Dallas running backs, they're going to get rocked. So like, it is the worst possible. set up, at least in terms of how many points your team should be scoring. Get a lot of targets. What about that? What about a lot of targets?
3: It is a tough situation. I mean, Lawrence, do you have him in the top 36, Nico
1: Collins? No. Um, You (laughs) tell me you don't feel like the Houston Texans could beat the Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) You feel it can't happen? I don't think it could happen, Lawrence. I I gotta be honest. It can't happen. No, yeah. I, I don't, man... Oh, man, I, I've been watching the Texans uh
2: prayers. I'm sorry, <laughs> I've
1: been watching the Texans uh pretty pretty hardcore the past couple of weeks. And man, Brandon Allen, man, that he, that boy just can't. he don't do it for me, man. He that he is scared <laughs> out there. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I was happy um that I had the Cleveland defense in a couple of leagues, but there's a other couple of leagues where I went against the Cleveland defense. <laughs> yeah Lights out. And it, right and it was just like it, there's no way this happened again then it happened again so yeah <laughs> then it happened again so yeah the only thing you could really count on there is the targets you uh, you you praying for the targets and the garbage as kyle said the garbage time tutter um tutter, tutty,
3: whatever you call
1: it even as the Top receiver on this team, he's going to be right outside my top 40 this week. Chris Moore somewhere not too far behind that. Just run Damian Pierce to death.
3: Yeah, just seriously, just uh, with the What's the Rocky line? If he dies, he dies. Just, out there?
2: Go out like a champ.
3: <laughs> Go out like a champ. Right, where
2: do you have Nico ranked? I was a wide
3: receiver 35. And I am sandwiched between Adam Thielen and Michael Gallup. I should probably move Michael Gallup ahead of them, though. I don't know, man.
2: They're gonna—they don't need to throw much this game. Obviously, they're oh, no. gonna. Whenever they throw, it's gonna work well, right? But it's the flip side of the coin. Is like we can count on useless targets from Nico Collins. We count kind on many targets from Michael Gallup, but they'll be good ones. So.
3: I've got, him, I've got Jacoby Myers behind him. I'm moving Jacoby Myers up right now.
2: Yeah. It sounds I like should, you got the right guys in the discussion, though.
3: I'll I,
1: I actually lied. Same. I have him at 37, but what, whatever. You, know, you
3: almost got him as a wide receiver three. Hang a yeah. banner. Yeah. See, I was a banner for that one. Uh, final, Nico Collins or Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's in a, in a slump now, under 40 yards back-to-back games.
1: I'm still going with DPJ.
3: I think I'm going to go Nico. I don't feel good I, either way. I, I, I lied. I have I have two more, actually. <laughs> Nico Collins or Mac Collins against the Rams?
1: Mm-hmm. Nico. Nico. Yeah. I'm going with my rankings, Nico. Nico, for sure. Collins Nico, Nico, Nico Collins. Holl- Collins. Yeah, I was
3: about to say Nico, Collins. Nico Collins or Point Chasing with DJ Shark in a good matchup against the Vikings?
1: Oh, I think I'm going to go I'm- Nico here. I, I didn't think of that. I, my my rankings say Nico, but I got Chari at uh forty
2: four right now.
3: Denny Carter's all over DJ Shark this week, and he swears it's not point chasing.
2: Um, Feels point chasing. Has he thought about that? It is. <laughs>
1: know,
2: so. Maybe it's not.
1: It, where's he, it, I wonder where he's got golf because I got golf at like QB seven this week.
3: I got golf really high. I have him in the top twelve for the first time all season. Don't feel <laughs> good about it. Do not feel good about it. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking a wide receiver? Mr.
1: Corey Davis. Um, <laughs> can't, I can't you know, imagine why again. Um. We, we, you mentioned something that Denny said about them having run 85 plays, which is a hell of a lot of plays. Uh, Is he going to get 10 targets every game? No, nah, that's not even how the Jets want to play football. But they was forced into this. They was forced into this passing life, baby. Mike <laughs> I was hoping they,
3: you were going to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't,
1: they didn't ask for this. You know? they they did this. this.
3: They never wanted this.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. But what, what does seem clear to me is that he's running as the number, the number two receiver behind Garrett Wilson. I feel like he had to get up get up to speed a little bit upon returning back from injury. Because remember, he started out the season as the Jets' leading receiver. Three of his first four games, at least 75 yards receiving. And in those four games, he scored two touchdowns. Fell off slightly. Then he got hurt. Come back from the injury. Had to get into the groove. But he made some big catches in that game against the Vikings. One including a fourth and twelve. Mike White hit him right over the middle. He caught it with good coverage on him. I he he could play. That's probably another reason why that Titans GM got fired. Mike <laughs> Corey Davis is like he he looking solid. You know, so that makes me say, like, well, I can't just put this dude at wide receiver 28. I could put him ahead of Gabe Davis, but I won't put him, you know. <laughs> God I didn't like that one. <laughs>
3: No, not, but but I, I can't put
1: him like tough matchup, kind of the same situation that Nico Collins will be in. Tough defense, tough matchup. Uh, could get in the you know, you know, pass heavy scheme again. So that's what's leaving me questionable about where to actually put him. But right now, I got him at uh thirty six, right ahead of Nico Collins.
3: I'm in the wide receiver forty two right now. Uh, Cause it is kind of a tough situation to right I mean, if they get the running game going at all, which they kind of did, I think against the bills in week nine, the volume just, isn't going to be there. In yeah, the it's
2: not going to, but well, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, he's like a decent PPR play. Cause the team plays like platonic, ideal football to put PPR points on the board for everyone getting any reasonable amount of reps. They have a positive pass rate over expected under Mike white. He throws high completion low, like super high value targets for the most part, though Garrett Wilson going out and picking up 240 air yards would say all those targets are high value. But for the rest of the team, I'll say they're probably going to be high completion, good PPR, not like boom play type of stuff. But you're not really counting on Corey Davis for boom plays anyways. You are really just playing him because you think you can go out and get 660, 660, coin flip for a touchdown type of stuff so i probably will i think i mean you guys aren't that far off The difference between what did you say 36 and 42 yeah it's probably close to meaningless right there's probably not a tear break in there somewhere so i'll probably have him closer to like 42 like you pat because i just think garrett wilson is like the black hole of this offense in which no passing production can shoot out to other players i love garrett wilson but uh you know Corey davis is a fine ppr wide receiver for.
3: Garrett Wilson, just keep doing your thing, man. That's all I can say. Keep doing your thing. Don't let him hold you down. Who I'm having trouble ranking in week 14, and maybe I shouldn't actually be having that much trouble doing it. But they both have productive week 12s so for the Cardinals by, but DeAndre Hopkins versus Marquise Brown, because I just feel like we haven't seen like, the end of the story here. We don't know if Rondale Moore is going to be back from his groin injury this week. They're playing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Who stands the reason. Uh, his powers that be he can apparently still take away your number one weapon he's going to focus a lot of attention on deandre hopkins whose targets fell to only six and marquise brown's healthy week 12 return They still caught four balls for 87 yards and a touchdown marquise brown had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown i believe i think he had a touch no i don't think he had a touchdown but i'm not talking about like ranking marquise brown ahead of deandre hopkins guys but Does Marquise Brown being back kind of remove DeAndre Hopkins from wide receiver one consideration?
2: I don't think so. To me, I can't uh,
1: say so yet.
2: I, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. It's possible that, right, we look back on the final stretch of games. It turns out Marquise Brown, really good receiver, took targets off the table. But I think depending on how they use him, like he could just be the perfect clear out option. Not that he's like a wind sprinter by any means, but we know this offense is designed to funnel like shallow across the field type of stuff, which is perfect for what DeAndre Hopkins is going to do. It is not as perfect. For, it is not perfect at all for what Marquise Brown could be doing. So I'm more confident in DeAndre Hopkins' ability to earn targets in this offense and earn a lot of targets. So. I'm probably still going to rank him as a wide receiver. One, I think obviously he's not going to. I won't have him as like in the conversation for top five, which without Marquise Brown, he was. I it almost wasn't even a conversation. He became he kind of like top him. five or six in a week. Yeah,
1: that's the type of production he was putting out.
2: So I, I think I'm going to, you know, I'll dock him to. You know, eight, nine, 10 range, somewhere in there. But I'm not going to pull him out of the wide receiver one ranks yet. Not, I'm not even really considering it, honestly.
3: Here's who I have him behind, though. I, I mean, I don't know who to like jam him ahead of T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, who's going to see a million targets against the Dolphins, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Chris Godwin. I just feel like the uncertainty is kind of enough for me to get DeAndre Hopkins behind those guys.
2: I think I'd take him over every single one of them. Maybe not Garrett Wilson. You you taking Garrett Wilson over D hop, dude? Garrett Wilson's so good. The thing I'm is,
3: taking
2: Garrett, I'm taking Garrett Wilson over D hop, too. Yeah. Even 240 yards last week. Garrett Wilson, 15 targets. First up, 240 Wilson, air yards.
3: You you can cite his, his actual yards were incredible. I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, did I say? All right, I'll tell you what,
1: <laughs> he would have had 240. Mike White missed him on a 70 yard touchdown, he had him overshot him a little bit. He would have went for over two hundred in that game, which is
2: crazy. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna have him ranked clearly according to you guys. I'm gonna have him ranked quite high. <laughs> uh, and and so. the whole like Bill Belichick,
1: he ain't stopping nobody. Best no, I best know. no more. Yes, he, he is, and I heard that could slipped in there, and I almost called it out. Too. I know. He, I mean, he, I, he someone, someone would. I mean, Stefan Diggs didn't go off, off, but seven for ninety two is still like that's chipping away. That ain't stopped. Yeah, but that's he kind not. Trying to contain
3: Diggs this year a lot better than he did last year.
1: I, I would say Justin Jefferson's game seven forty five and one is lie. more of contained, <laughs> but not. Nah, uh, D hop about to he about to do some. Well, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. He he gonna get targets because he's gonna force Kyler Murray to throw in the ball. He gonna be like, son, throw me the ball, or they are gonna be arguing on the sideline. And D. Hop definitely could beat up Kyler Murray.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: he could. And, he, and yeah, Marquise Brown definitely can't. Doesn't have as good of a shot to beat up Kyler Murray just based on their size. I like still say. would take
1: Marquise I Brown. Would, I would take him too, but it's a lot of Hopkins. people. I take over Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take Connor. both of y'all and definitely myself over <laughs> Kyler Murray.
3: <laughs> you think he's all? You think he's all talk? Is what you're saying? Basically, he is kind of the guy. It seems like he would instigate and then do the thing. Like when a guy hold throws me back. a punch hold me back. Hold me. Someone yeah, hold do me it, it. Hold me, please. He seems like a hold me back. He does. He's a hold me back kind of guy. He definitely is. I have Marquise yeah. Brown in the top 24, by the way. Oh, that's. him ahead of Mike Evans. I have him ahead of Mike Evans.
2: Though. I don't know about that. I didn't chime in on the Mike Evans talk earlier, but like. Slander, you mean? Yeah, from week six to 10, he had like seven fewer targets, but 40% of the air yards more red. He looks gassed.
3: He just looks
1: he's, gassed to me. He's, he's a tall yeah, he, guy. They get gassed. He's gassed and tired of not getting the ball. Yeah, he is.
3: By the way, uh Kyler Murray, I was just, oh yeah, D Hop, man. Kyler Murray's been like daring D Hop to take a swing at him. And D Hop has <laughs> not been doing it.
1: Nah, he's gonna be done slap him by week 17. I will him, say. Because by then they'd be done lost 10 games. He'd be pissed off. He fed up now. He's been daring him to take a (laughs) swing
2: at him. The one person on that sideline who hates Kyler Murray most, Cliff Kingsbury, is the one person on that sideline I don't think I'd take against him. I'd take Kyler in that one. I don't know. Maybe Cliff.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. But I wasn't thinking about the coach. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. Hold on.
3: Maybe Cliff's a former NFL player, for one. So he's not like he's just some guy off the street. And he's been bottling a lot up.
1: I I think that's true. Right. You don't like if you're a coach and your player reacting like that, it's like a teacher and a student. You can't, as the teacher, you can't punch the student. You know what I'm saying? So Kyler in the I'm sorry, Cliff in the leadership position. Like, you have to be, the, you know, you have to be the calmer You head. have to punch your player.
3: You, have to, <laughs> yeah. you actually do, you need to send a message. Punch him.
2: I don't know. The architecture of Cliff's house makes me think he's gone soft since he played football. He lives in too much of a beautiful curated home to actually throw a punch, I think.
3: Well, did you know Cliff Kingsbury, you would never guess this by seeing him on the sideline on Fox. He's six foot three. he He's got like, five yeah, he, he,
2: play, he, he's was like he was a passing
1: machine back was. in his day. He was. He was who a legend. paved the way for Patrick Mahomes.
3: He, he was a legend on the NCAA football game. Yes,
1: probably. yes. Yeah, I'm glad so yeah. this guy knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely had a nine. He was ranked at least 95.
3: He was high because he could throw. Uh, speaking of throwing, we're going to end the show talking about quarterback. I just don't know who I should rank higher for week 14 Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa? They're facing each other on Sunday Night Football. This is not why we're talking about it, but it's 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sunday, folks. Uh, (laughs) Herbert, another disappointing game in Week 13. Tua is by far his worst game of the season, but missing his left tackle against an elite defense. Who are you guys ranking higher, Tua or Justin
1: Herbert? You go ahead, Kyle. We know where I'm going with this.
2: No, I'm I'm on the same boat as you. I mean, yeah, you know, so
1: what's crazy, what you just mentioned, Pat, you know, Tua was still able to muster up, you know, a couple of touchdowns, one, a deep ball in stride. I. That's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> But their offense is just better. They're clicking on all cylinders. Tua actually had a – there was a lot there for him to take in the first half. He wasn't hitting the throws. I don't know what the Chargers is doing right now. I, they, I mean, yeah, they beat the Cardinals on the two-point conversion. What they're, what they're doing is
3: cringe. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> Justin Herbert for that big arm that he has, he ain't using it, except when there's no pressure in the game and it's fourth and 12. You know you're not going to win. You just throw it out there and Keenan Allen make the great catch. That – kind of saved people who started him. Because without that, it would have been a horrible fantasy day. Opposite, the 49ers are the the better team than the Dolphins. The Dolphins are easily the better team than the Chargers at this point. I expect their offense to get uh, back on point, tackles or not. Um, They're not going to be able to handle these dudes. I got two this week at four. But because the Dolphins' defense isn't something special, I still have Justin Herbert right at quarterback 10. I
2: got Herbert at six.
3: Got two yeah. at five, Herbert at six.
2: It's going to be that the kind game of with game. game. Herbert and some guys behind them because, I mean, he still had, and I don't think this is a flaw of his entirely right now. I mean, his number one. Yeah, come on,
3: everyone's right. getting closer to truthing Herbert. Let's just do it out in the open. Come on.
2: No, I, I'm not truthing Herbert. It's been a rough Is that good game. or bad?
3: It can be good or bad. and this, it's bad for him
2: in this case. It it depends if you're right or wrong. If you're choosing someone (laughs) and you're wrong, it's bad. But if you're choosing someone and you turn out to be right, it was good the whole time. I think Herbert's a good quarterback. I do think he could probably still use to be more aggressive right now, even if like they're not the highest probability throws. But he's not. He hasn't had a game with an eight out over nine, which is like it doesn't take that much to get over nine in an individual game. Since last year, he only has one game over eight this year. We saw last week it was like a seven point something eight out. They still have the fundamental flaw of Josh Palmer being your number one deed threat. Michael Williams didn't look close to returning last week. I'm trading it as if he isn't this week. And I if know. that's the case, like, Sure, he gets to, what, 330-something in a touchdown last week versus the worst secondary in the NFL. Unless he's playing the worst secondary in the NFL, I don't think an, a, an easy opponent, you know, a mid-tier opponent, is going to paste over the fact that the offense is fundamentally broken. Then on the other side of the ball, too, his offense is fundamentally like, near perfect. It's, it's awesome.
3: Yeah, Herbert, or you go, Lawrence.
1: I just don't. I saw what Devontae Adams did. You got a guy who's as good or better on most days. You got him. Then you got another guy. Like, the Raiders don't have another. They did get the ball rans down their throats, too, but they just let Devontae Adams go off. Like It's like they didn't even know he was Devontae Adams. You going to let Tyreek Hill do this, too?
3: They give are because they're give, bad. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Justin Herbert, he's me like, one of the narrative all-stars of the offseason. Like, were we too quick to coronate Justin Herbert? And it is weird – like i don't i don't think it's his fault i think i think it's the coaching i think it's the injuries i think it's the injury that he had that was bothering him for weeks but it is weird like no one seemed to like know that he would be the kind of downfield passer he could be coming out of Oregon because it was such a conservative offense now they're just playing such a conservative offense and like <laughs> harnessing his big arm. It's just a very strange situation. They
2: are like bringing out the inner Oregon in him. They because, are. And I kind of agree. I blame it mostly on the personnel, but the line has been beat up and the lines really beat up. The receivers have obviously been beat up. And even though they have Keenan Allen back at this point, Allen definitely isn't a player you're stretching 15, 20 yards downfield consistently with. But uh, yeah, he. There will be Twitter wars fought over him in March. Probably. You know, and they for won't sure. be resolved for years. Well, no. the
1: the the fight's going to be easy when they don't make the playoffs. This is their last <laughs> chance right here. They have to beat the Dolphins. They have to. Like they've lost three of the last four. They gotta win this game, or people like me. Is ready, waiting in the wings.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now the narrative for this game, like Dolphins fans, take this one real. Oh personally.
1: yeah, oh yeah, they real, were, real personally. They, they think I'm a Dolphins fan. They, that, they, 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 I'm just here for one guy. If,
3: if you guys aren't, if the listeners aren't, that you should check out like the Dolphins and the way they tweet about Tua versus the Herbert, the 2020 debate. They they are relitigating it. This They're year. ready to fight. Yeah, they actually are ready to fight. They're <laughs> ready to take up arms. And yeah, just come on. Just give us 2020 Herbert. Don't give us Oregon Herbert. We don't want, no one wants that chargers. Um, so no one wants the show to end, but it has to end because we're out uh, of things to talk about.
1: So uh, what do we got coming up this week, Lawrence? You know, as always, uh, we got the uh, optimal flex plays coming tomorrow on uh Wednesday. And then uh, me and Kyle have the uh, Thursday pregame show on the NFL on NBC YouTube page before, uh, who do we got Thursday?
3: The Raiders and Rams, I believe.
1: Raiders and Rams, the matchup we all been dying to see. <laughs> uh, so we check those out.
2: Check them out. Kyle, what do you got going? Man, that's brutal. I got to watch the Rams. Whew. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I quit. I'm not doing anything. now. That's I got 32 stats will be out by the time you're watching or listening to this. Uh, and then just check out the Thursday preview pod where uh, Pat, UI, and other Pat and Denny will be on.
3: Check out the preview pod. Check out my ranks, which will be dropping Thursday morning. Check out my early ranks, which are already live on the site. Just check out everything we got going. A big week for news, a lot of injuries, so keep it locked on the player news page. For Lawrence, for Kyle, I'm Pat. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.